The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should we be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. got something I'd like to talk about today. I don't have one. There's one right over there on that pew, though. Could you bring the tissues? Thank you. There you go. So, I wonder if you've ever heard the phrase, you can do better than that. Yeah? You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, my teacher say, say it almost every time. Yeah? So what, what situations, kind of like Anthony's alluding to, what situations might you hear this in? Yeah? Playing basketball. Basketball. Okay. Yeah? NFL professional football. Professional football. What else? Soccer. Soccer. Outside of sports. School. A musical called Sticky Sticky Situation. A musical. Very good. You can do better than that. Have you ever heard it said to you? Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do someday. I bet you do someday. Okay, what did you say? I, I remember growing up. I remember growing up. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a story? Yes. I remember growing up, I used to have to do the dishes. I really don't like doing dishes. Man, I don't like doing okay. dishes. I know. But I used to have to do the dishes, and so I would do them kind of fast. 
I wouldn't quite get all the food off, and I wouldn't quite rinse them, and they weren't done very well. And either my mom or my dad would say, you can do better than that. Now, do you think they were saying that to be mean? No. No? Yeah, I, I could actually do better, right? Yeah, and, and, and so they weren't saying it to be mean. Do you think they meant that I had to be perfect all the time? No. No, they knew me too well for that. Why do you think they were saying that I could do better than that? Yeah. Because I can. I think that's one of them, yes. Yeah. Why else? Because they've seen you do better. They've seen me do better. That's right. Why else? Um, because other people do it. Because other people do it too. That's right. And why else? Yeah. Uh, they do it because maybe they just saw you that you were like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really trying, right? Okay, um. Um, if somebody says, if a great singer says, um, your voice is kind of terrible, but you get a new voice, like a, and you will try, 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 and get, and get a, a great voice. Close. Okay. It's important, kind of like Jack's pointing us to, that we try. My parents love me. I think most of your parents love you too, don't they? Yeah. My parents love me. And, and so, they tell me to do as best I can. They don't think I'm going to be perfect. They don't think that I'm going to be better than everybody else. They tell me to do the best I can because it's good for me. It helps me. They're telling me this because they love me. In the story today, Jesus is talking about a lot of really heavy things. But the main message is just like this one. Do the best you can, and God loves you very, very much. So when you hear all these things in church about the things you're supposed to be doing, remembering the hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, and in prison, remembering to love God and to think of everything as God's and to do with everything what God would want you to do, to be with everyone how God would want you to be. When you think of all these things, I want you to think of those two things both at the same time. To do as best you can, knowing that you won't be perfect, knowing that it's not just to be mean, do as best you can, and God loves you. God knows, yeah, no matter what, God loves you no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. That's always going to be the same. So if you're bad at something like this, God loves you. If you're good at something like this, God loves you. No matter what, God loves you. That's the main message. Is it about this? Um, it's, it's, it's about you can get used to some, something you, you do. And if you something you hate, then you get used to it. Yeah. I think that's a that's the start of another sermon. Okay. Okay. Should we say a prayer? Let's say a prayer.
God, we're thankful. We're thankful that you love us, and we're thankful that in that love, you try to teach us what is good. Help us to do as best we can. And if and when we might mess up, help us not to be too hard on ourselves. Help us to hear your love clearly and often. And help us to try again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There you Thanks. In the name of Jesus, amen. This is a really difficult text, yet again. It's a really difficult text. Jesus here is using two different experiences that seem traumatic to read about, to talk about who God is and what God's doing. And when I counter that, I, I get a little uneasy because there's a whole lot of different ways that can go really, really badly. But here Jesus is talking about some, some things that are already well known in the community to True traumatic experiences. The first one is about the folks who were making sacrifices. And Pilate killed them and mixed their blood with their sacrifices. Now, for those of you who aren't up to date on all the official right ways and wrong ways to do sacrifices, this was bad. And not only was this bad because they died in the process, this was bad because Pilate was desecrating them and their temple and the place of sacrifice and the act of sacrifice itself. This was incredibly disrespectful, if not violent, to them. This was wrong. And so in this experience, Jesus asks if these were worse offenders. If these people were more sinful and then that's why they died. Or if they were made more sinful because that's how they died. No, says Jesus. No. There's also the second story about the tower. It fell and 18 people were killed. The same question is asked. Are these worse offenders for how they died or are these worse offenders so they died? Answers, no. No. But for both of these cases, Jesus comes back and asks the same, or presents the same supposition, but unless you repent, you will die just as they did. It makes me uncomfortable. 
Because in one breath, Jesus is saying that the people who have died, their sin is not the cause of, nor is their sin magnified because of how they died. There's not a relationship between their sin and their death. And then, on the other hand, Jesus says, unless you repent, you will die just as they did. And I feel hemmed in. Don't you? But Jesus said no. Jesus said no in a way that makes me think that I, too, am not allowed to then, in the same beat, begin interpreting Jesus' texts as my sins being related to how I die, or my sins being related to why I go through that traumatic thing. Jesus said no. That's not the relationship happening here. And so the question must be, then what's Jesus saying? Unless you repent, you will die just as they did. Just as they did. How did they die? I believe, as I looked over this text and tried my best not to bring my own suppositions of we die because of our sin into this, I started to see this text less of a judgment scene and more as Jesus engaging a scene of tragedy. I mean, that's what these things were, right? When someone enters a holy place and kills those making a sacrifice and then desecrates the sacrifice that they're making, it's tragic. And when a tower falls and people are killed and it all seems so needless, it's tragic. I think this text is not about us saving ourselves in repentance. I think this text is about God telling us what it's like when we don't repent. It's tragic. Our lives can be summed up as tragic when over and over again we miss not just this calling to repentance, but this calling to live in the love and mercy and grace of God. It's tragic when we don't get that, when we're just not there. It's tragic when over and over again God brings good gifts and we miss them. Then there's the parable of the, the fig tree. And we follow the same motions, don't we? We hear the parable of the fig tree. 
there's a vine grower, and he's got a fig tree in the vineyard. Why that is, I don't know. But there's a fig tree in the vineyard, and it's not bearing any fruit. Hasn't borne fruit for three years. They've been trying. Vine grower said, or vineyard owner said, chop it down. The gardener comes in and says, give me a year. I'm going to put manure on it. I'm going to tend to it. I'm going to give it special care. If it doesn't, chop it down. I don't know about you, but I go right back to that thing that I was doing just before. Ah, yes, here's a parable about how I am supposed to act correctly or I get chopped down. Jesus just said no. That's not what this is. This isn't a parable about you doing the thing so you don't get chopped down. That's not why the people who got their blood mixed with their own sacrifices, that's not why they died that way. That's not why the Tower of Siloam fell. That's not why this tree is falling. This isn't about our connection to our sin. This is about what God is doing. I think it might help if we heard the parables in a different way that helped us not focus on our sin, but focused on what God's doing. So let's try it out. Let's just try it out. Jesus was talking with those gathered, and they told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And so Jesus said, These people, do you think that they were greater sinners because of the way that they died? No, this is tragic. And when you aren't able to embrace the love of God, as so many of us are not able, it's tragic too. And what about when the towers fell? Do you remember that? It was tragic. And when we're not able to experience the love and grace of God, it's tragic too. Let's try on the parable. A vine grower had a tree, and the gardener had tended it for three years, and it did not bear fruit. The vine grower wanted to cut it down, but the gardener said, give me a little bit more time. I'll get to it. I'll tend to it. I'll put manure on it. If it bears fruit, all well and good. If not, I'll cut it down. You see, those first two stories sound better when we made it about God. This parable doesn't seem to budge, does it? What if we remember that Jesus' ministry was three years? What if we remember that over the whole gospel, there's only one who gets struck down at the end of the gospel, and it's not us? What if we remember 
that Jesus is the one that dies and pays the price and not us. So then the parable goes a little bit something like this. There's a vine owner who for three years gave a gardener to a tree and poured everything into it and that gardener loved the tree and wanted the tree to thrive but it didn't. And so, now this is where I get creative. And so, after that bargain with the vine owner or the vineyard owner, it was tended, it was cared for especially, it still didn't bear fruit. And so they cut it down. Now, is there anyone here in the agricultural business? Great. When you cut down a tree, what happens next? Eventually, you plant a new one, right? So the parable is, there was a tree, it didn't bear fruit, I tended to it, I'll try again. And I'll plant another tree, and I'll tend to it, and I wouldn't bear fruit, and I'll try again, and I'm going to keep trying. And I'm going to go over and over and over, because remember, in the gospel, there is one thing that's cut down, and it's Christ. And the reason that's the only thing that's cut down is so God can try again and again and again. These stories are not about what you are doing to save yourself. These stories are about what God is doing for us all. This is the love of God poured out so overwhelmingly so overwhelmingly that we think it must be about us, but it's not. This is about God. This is about God. God loves, loves, loves. And God does not stop trying. And so when you see these tragic things taking place, know that these are not about your sin. And so when you see these tragic lives, know that God has not given up. And when you see things being cut down, know that God is not done trying. And when you see things folding up, know that God is not done trying. And when you see things ending, know that God is not done trying. God is never done trying. That's the point of this. God's never, ever done trying. There's too much love for that. There's too much grace for that. You matter you matter too much for that. This week, there's no work for you to do. This week, just know that you are worth all of it. And God loves you deeply. Thanks be to God. Amen.